Hi, and welcome to the Improve Fitness Podcast with me, Nikki Perry. My mission is to empower and equip you to live a healthier and happier life with the knowledge and skills behind you to make well-informed decisions that align with your own values and goals. Why not check out my website at nprovefitness.co.uk for information on the wide variety of services I offer to help people succeed on their journey. Or if you just want some unbiased, practical information that you can apply to your life today, then click follow on this podcast and stay up to date with my latest episodes. And while there, please share the podcast to your friends and family so I can succeed in my mission to help as many people as possible have a really healthy relationship with their own body and mind. And now it's time to start our episode. Hello everyone and let's start off by saying a big happy new year as I record this on the 2nd of January. So I hope you all had a lovely Christmas and New Year however and whatever that looked like it will be different for everyone but hopefully you are feeling quite positive now um, and not all negative over the after the last couple of weeks. So I couldn't let New Year pass without doing a bit of a podcast special in regards to New Year's resolutions and helping and supporting those that are going to start trying to focus more on their health and fitness goals this year as well as looking at some advice for those that are starting their gym or exercise journeys as well. So New Year's resolutions are have a very mixed opinion. So it used to be something I think, especially as me as a child, seemed to be very normal. Everyone just had New Year's resolutions. And then I think when data started coming out, started showing that kind of how many New Year's resolutions, in their words, fail that kind of then filtered through so then everyone kind of thought New Year's resolutions were really bad and there's no point even setting them um, and I kind of wanted to come on here as normal with a bit more of a middle ground opinion because I don't think they're necessarily good, I don't think they're necessarily bad. What I do think is really um, positive about them is it's goal setting and goal setting as a concept and as a thing is going to be the thing that gets you to where you want to be. No one generally just wakes up and a year's time gets to where they want to be without having some kind of plan or intention to get there in the first place. So setting goals is really important. And we are in the new year. It is the 2nd of January. If you've got some goals now, you can call them goals. You can call them New Year's resolutions. You can call them whatever you want. The concept is going to be the same. And that's what I want to talk to you about because whether you are going to be in the minority as someone that actually kind of achieves their New Year's resolutions or in the majority of people that generally fail their New Year's resolutions, it's not your New Year's resolution necessarily is the thing that's going to be failed or won. It's going to be how you're going to do it and your mindset towards it. So that's what we're going to talk about. So let's talk to start about. So let's look at the things that said that people think are bad about New Year's resolutions. Um, And it's generally, as I said, because I believe most of the time it's been led by something extrinsic. So that peer pressure of you have to set a New Year's resolution, the goals that you've set yourself as these resolutions don't actually mean enough to you. So when you're kind of five months down the line or even probably five days or five weeks down the line, your reason why, the reason why you want to achieve those resolutions, those goals, whatever we're going to call them, isn't a strong enough why because it's not you for yourself it's you doing it because the external world the pressure around you is telling you you should do it and that's not going to be enough of a why to get you up and about doing whatever that resolution is every day 
Um, also, because people generally just go with whatever resolution the kind of popular thing is that year. Now, obviously, there's always this fat loss thing every year. Oh, I'm going to lose fat in the new year. That's going to be a new year's resolution. I'm going to stop eating chocolate. I'm going to start going to the gym every day. It's the same things repetitively kind of churned out. And the reason they generally don't work is because they're not personalised to you. They're not your goals, again. They're society goals. They're the things that you've read about in the media. It's the things that you've grown up with in marketing messages that are telling you that's what your goal should be rather than you actually thinking and making sure the goals align with what you want in life. And as I keep going on about in recent weeks, aligning with your values as well. So the things that you really, really want to do. So that's why generally I would say they don't work and generally why I think a New Year's resolution is bad. And also the time frame, like most people kind of as a New Year's resolution have this for the next year, I'm going to do this thing. Now, why are we randomly choosing a 365 day period to do something? You might only need to do it for one week. You might need to do it for six weeks. You might need to do it for six months. It might be something you're going to do for life. So a New Year resolution's kind of got this weird time frame attached to it. And if you're not doing it for the whole 12 months, it's deemed that you kind of failed it. But actually, you might not have failed it at all. You might either still be on the journey to it or you might have accomplished it very quickly, but you still deem it as being failed because it wasn't a whole year thing. So that's why I'm not a big fan of them. I said what I am a massive fan of is setting goals. Now, that doesn't mean you typing them up and sticking them on your Instagram page and everyone having to read these are my big goals for the year. They don't need to be big ticket things that look glamorous. They can be small things. And when we talk about goals, there's two different types of goals and you can have both of them or you can have just one of them. So there is outcome-based goals. Let's talk fat loss. I want to be 65 kilos by the end of 2024 I want to be wearing a size 10 pair of jeans by the end of 2024 or it could be a process based goal so to achieve that size 10 pair of jeans that I want in regards to the weight loss needed to get there the process goal is that every day I'm going to eat x amount of calories or every day I'm going to eat more um, five pieces of fruit and veg I'm going to reduce down the amount of process um foods i'm eating it might be i'm going to do x amount of steps or i'm going to do x amount of exercise classes or i'm going to do a collective all those things now all of that together are kind of their individual process goals on how you're going to get there now the process goals are the things that generally you're going to be able to tick off daily weekly whatever it might be as a goal the outcome-based goals might be a long way in the future you might be getting towards them but you're not going to get that kind of yes i have passed yes i have completed my resolution, my goal until you get to the end, which is why, although knowing the direction you're going in is really important, and that means you need to know what your outcome of success looks like, only having outcome-based goals can be really unmotivating because it just always feels like you're not there. Process-based goals are the things that are going to help you get there to those outcomes, but you're going to be able to celebrate those successes way more regularly because you're ticking those boxes off either daily or weekly or monthly or whatever that kind of process-based goal is. The, other, the thing I really do like about a New Year's resolution is people generally dream quite big. They're ambitious. They think big. Because I think they have this, like, I've got a year to achieve this thing. They do think a lot bigger than what generally they would think the rest of the year. Because there's no reason they couldn't be having these thoughts six months or six weeks ago, back in November. But by the end of November, generally people think, oh, by the end of the year, I would like to have done this. 
They don't think 12 months ahead, even though they could. So that's what's really nice about New Year's resolution is that it does expand your horizons mentally. And the first thing to achieve your goal really is actually to kind of have the ambition and the drive and the positive can-do attitude. And most people start resolutions with this really positive can-do attitude. And that's amazing. I don't know why it happens in the new year. I think some people just like New Year's resolutions. It's a time to reflect back. It's a time to look forward. But whatever thing it is that makes people in January think about the whole next year as a big picture, it makes them really get some positivity. And that is brilliant. We want to utilise that positivity perfectly. One of the other things that's really good about New Year's resolutions, and the reason I would think, I do think it's a good time to think about this, is for people to achieve their goals and to make the changes that are needed and say no to maybe some things or have to compromise on some things and might have to step outside the comfort zone on some things is the attitude of other people around them so I I often say to people that are trying to change you need to find a community of like-minded individuals so if you are on a health kick and you're trying to change and create a more healthy based lifestyle you need people around you that also have similar goals on that and understand you if all your friends at work all your friends and family all have the total opposite um foresight in regards to this so they don't have any kind of health and fitness based goals and then more interested in kind of eating heavily processed high calorie foods and drinking a lot of alcohol and choosing to watch um, a lot of tv and films on the sofa rather than wanting to be outdoors doing lots of walking activities it can be really hard to instill those habits and behaviors because you're going against the grain you're not in the average um world then if you can find a community of people that are doing like-minded things you get that morale, that you get that support. Now, New Year's resolutions come with that. Now, it could be you and your family have five different resolutions across the board, but the fact you have all got the same intention of wanting to start something new in January and you have the intention of wanting to do it for the rest of the year creates a community of support. And that gets you a lot further than sometimes at other times of the year. And just think back now, whether you're on a fat loss mission now as part of your New Year's resolution or you have done previously, if you say to your colleague in the office when they offer you some cake in January, um, oh, you're actually not going to have it or you just want a small piece because your New Year's resolution is to lose weight, get fitter, get healthier, eat less processed foods, whatever it might be, most of the time they'll go, okay, cool, well done. If you had that exact same situation six months ago, you might find that colleague at work pushes back. Oh, really? Why are you doing that? Oh, when did you start it? How long are you going to do that for? There'll be a lot more questions and a lot more pushback. You call it a New Year's resolution, suddenly everyone's in your court. They're supporting it. Again, I don't know why. It shouldn't be the case. But we as a society do weird things and New Year's resolutions are one of them. So if you are starting something now, the chances are, one, you've got more motivation to do it. You've got more probably confidence in yourself that you're going to do it. And you're probably dreaming quite big in regards to what you can achieve in the next year. But you're also probably going to find other people around you are going to be more supportive, are going to help you on that journey more, and they're going to drive that journey for you more. So use it. And that's why New Year's resolutions can be really, really good. That said, if you want to achieve something, and I say this to my clients the whole time, let's say fat loss. Knowing that you can do all the steps now to achieve fat loss, but having the understanding that you then have to maintain the majority of those things to maintain the fat loss is the thing that's going to be really important. 
So instead of your New Year's resolution just being like, I'm going to do these things for the next year and then I'm going to stop them. You need to see it as a, I'm going to do these new things starting now on the 1st of January for the foreseeable future so that they become habits and they become my regular new lifestyle, my new normal behaviours so that I do them for life is where you want your mindset to be. It's more like 2024 is the year that you're going to make these changes and they're going to stick, not 2024 is this the year that I'm going to do these random things for a while and then that's it, I'm going to stop them again. So let's look at this board then. So as I said, whether you're calling them New Year's resolutions, whether you're listening to this in the middle of March or June or whatever it might be and we're just talking goals, let's look at the things you need. So you need to know where you're trying to travel. Now you might not know the exact thing you want to achieve, but you need to have a good idea of the direction you're traveling. So again, if we're talking fat loss, you don't necessarily need to know that you want to lose two stone and five pounds. You might just need to know you want to lose weight because funny enough, the same thing you're going to do to lose the first pound is going to be the same thing you try and do when you're trying to lose the 20th, 22nd pound, okay? You can't make that happen any quicker. You can only do the behaviors that help lose that first pound and then that second pound and then that third pound. But you need to know you are on a fat loss mission. When you're on that journey, if you choose to stop along the way, that is absolutely fine because generally speaking, people don't actually know why they want to be the size that they pick. They don't know whether why they want to be a size 10 or why they want to be 10 stone or why they want this waist measurement. They just probably feel like that's where happiness is going to be. But quite often people will find on the way that either they actually needed to not lose so much and they find the happiness or they needed to go further and lose the, and they would reach the happiness or they realise that their body shape actually looks very different at the scale weight where they thought they were going to be. So anyway, you need need a kind of destination. You need this outcome goal for something to be driving and working towards. But the most important thing is you need to create some process-based goals. So how are you going to get there? And that can change, and it probably will change. There's going to be some trial and error, but you need to break down that end result goal into some tangible things you can do multiple times a day or daily or weekly or whatever it might be that covers any aspect of that goal to chip away at it now that i said can be health fitness based so it could be looking at your nutrition what you're eating it could be kind of your movement and activity levels it could be your exercise routine um it could be your sleep routine your stress management it could be looking different at stuff in your life it could be financial goals it could be career goals it could be about trying to expand friendship groups or whatever it might be, start looking at like, right, that's my end goal. How can I make it now process? What can I do today that's going to help me go in that direction of the outcome I want? And that is what I want you to monitor every day. That's what I want to reflect on. That's what I want you to trial and error to make sure you're going in the right direction. And always keeping in mind, is this enjoyable? Is it getting to me to where I want it to be? Is it in line with my values? Will I want to do it for life to get there? Then what I want you to do is really own it and I want you to really believe in it. So these need to be intrinsic goals that are for you, not because anyone else or any peer pressure is telling you that's what you should be doing. It has to be for you. Now, that could be your happiness. It could be your health, but it needs to be something that you're owning and you believe in. Because then what I need you to do is tell people about it. And that doesn't need to be some stand up announcement. It just needs to be that if someone ask you, I don't know, out to drinks or ask if you want some chocolate or ask um, if you want to watch a film, whatever it might be, you need to believe enough in your goals that the decision you make, 
you feel in control of. So if that means that you're saying no to some stuff or you're giving alternatives for some stuff, you need to have confidence that when you tell that person why you are or aren't going to do something, the reason why. And you should be very comfortable with that because it is your goal that you believe in and you have the confidence, conviction to keep on that path. Now, those goals then you probably want to review periodically. I'm not going to give a set time frame, but if you've got an outcome goal that you know you want to achieve by X amount of dates or X date of the year, now whether that's the end of 2024 or a short period of time or a longer period of time, you need to check in on yourself throughout the way that you're still in that right direction. So you can look back month on month and say, am I further ahead now this month than I was a month ago? Am I walking more? Am I exercising more? Am I, is my strength progressing in the right direction? Are my measurements coming down? Am I feeling happier? Am I sleeping better? Have my stress levels reduced? Is my gut health and digestive health improved? Do I feel more content? Do I feel more balanced? All that stuff, whatever those goals are, you want to keep reviewing to make sure you're leading yourself down the right path, you're creating the right path for yourself and to get you to those goals. And then constantly and periodically reflect, do you still want those goals? Because that's going to be the difference on if you stop doing the actions and the behaviours every day or every other day or whatever it might be, those processes, goals, keep evaluating is because it, is it actually taking to the right outcome? Is the outcome, the goal that you've been striving for, still the goal that you want to strive for? Because that can change as well. Okay, so that's why I am with if, with New Year's resolutions. Set them, call it whatever you want. I said, call it a New Year's resolution when you're talking to other people because I guarantee you're going to get more support of them. Call it a goal in your own head or whatever you want it to do because the concept is going to be exactly the same. Okay, the next half of this podcast I just wanted to talk about, and it, it will probably be linked in a lot for a lot of people on that one, is just a bit of advice for those that are starting specifically, I would say, more of a fitness-based goal this new year. So gym memberships go skyrocketing in January. Attendance at classes skyrockets. Um, I speak that personally as well. My classes, bookings in the last kind of week have gone absolutely berserk for January. Um, lots of kind of my regular customers that's what I call returning customers that maybe I just haven't seen at the tail end of 2023 that returning. Lots of new people kind of making inquiries and joining in as well. So all aspects, there's lots of people coming. And the first thing I want to say is that's amazing. Okay. I don't want anyone judging anyone negative for this. So if you are joining exercise in January, I don't want anyone looking down on you saying, well, you won't be here in February because that's not going to help anyone. If you've got a goal to start, let's rally together as a society and support people on their goals and give them every potential and possibility to succeed in them. Because we were all there once. We probably haven't always exercised. We've probably always been the newbie in a class or a newbie in the gym or a newbie out on the pavements running. And you need a positive environment to keep you going. You need that return an investment of your time and your money and your courage to want you to keep going back again. So let's give everyone that. Know that you are, you have every right to be in that gym or in that class or on that pavement running or in that swimming pool in the slow lane or whatever you might be. You have every right to be there as much as any regular that's been there for 20 years. Okay, you have every right. So go and own it. So here's my advice for people that are starting off. I said, first of all, know that you belong because you do. Secondly, start small because I think so much what people try to do is they try to go too hard and they go too fast 
and that kind of ends up failing on so many reasons and first of all it's because you're trying to especially people listen to this podcast and my customers we generally don't have a lot of spare time we're not sat around twiddling our thumbs okay we fill our time with something whether it's family or work or careers or housework or socializing whatever it is you're probably filling your time now for you to start exercising one two three four five times a week that's several more hours of time that you're going to suddenly have to find now it will be there but to do it you're probably going to have to not do something else so there's going to be a bit of compromising and sacrificing going on here if you aim too big and think the right if i'm starting exercising i've got to exercise three times a week and they've got to be an hour long and the gym's going to be 20 minutes drive away and I've got to get changed to actually those hour sessions and now actually pushing two hours of your time I'm doing it three times a week that's a big commitment to somebody find that's a big commitment that your family to adjust to so maybe your husband's now going to be picking up more or your wife or your partner or your parents are going to be picking up more maybe childcare and more of the cooking arrangements or you're going to have to start leaving work earlier um whatever it might be is going to probably impact some other people around you as well as well as yourself and it can be too big a thing so you want to start smaller. Now, that can be twofold. One, reducing the frequency down to only one or two times a week. Or secondly, reduce the length or time you're doing these things. Now, obviously, if you're going to a gym, that's a lot easier to reduce. Or going swimming or going for a walk or going running, they're a lot easier to reduce. If you're going to a class, it might be a bit more difficult because obviously the class is probably going to be a set length of time. But again, reduce it right down because what you want to do to start with is just start building the habit of going. Okay, we're not worried about big, massive, quick results. Let's kind of push those results further down the line and just focus on now the process based goals of going. Get yourself into that rhythm. The reason I say that as well is because I said you need to factor this new behavior into your life and you need to create some new habits around it. So you need to figure out how it's going to fit into the structure of school drop offs and club drop offs for your kids and your time with your partner or your housemates the time you normally spend eating dinner, how you're going to move those times around, kind of your working hours, any flexible time, how you're going to work with that. You need to figure out that first. So start small, figure it out once or twice a week before you start even thinking about increasing it to three and four, should you want to, because again, you don't need to. The whole expectation that you should be in the gym five times a week is not necessarily for the main majority of people because it's all about improving your average action so if you're going for not exercising at all you're going to gain great benefits from exercising just once or twice a week those that have already exercised three or four time, three times a week for years yes probably could benefit for an extra session a week because that's when they're going to develop and grow further in regards to their health and fitness but if you're starting from a position of not exercising at all once or twice a week is going to get you really amazing results okay so Reduce down your expectations of yourself. Reduce down the expectations and demands on the rest of your life as well. Then what I'll do when I also say start small is go a little bit into your comfort zone, which people might think is a bit of an unusual thing to say. But if we're trying to build habits, we want the path of least resistance. So if you know going to the gym, you're very comfortable in cardio equipment, but you think, well, the only way I'm going to kind of get fitter and stronger is I need to really get into strength training because that's where all the evidence is saying and that's what everyone's saying I should be doing well yes long term it probably is what I think you should be doing but if that scares the living daylight out of you and you've got absolutely no idea how to lift weights and there's loads of regular people just bouncing from one bit of equipment to the other and you literally look like a rabbit in headlights you're not going to keep going back if you literally don't know what to do 
So what I would say is go to something you are comfortable to. So go in the gym. And yes, to start with, you just hop on a cardio bit of equipment, walk on the treadmill, sit on the bike, go on the cross trainer. I don't care what you're doing. We're just building the habit of going. Because once you start got the habit of going, we can then start to expand it. So instead of going, doing 30 minutes in the gym, 10 minutes on three bits of cardio equipment, you're then going to progress it. So next week, you're going to go in the gym, still only going to do half an hour, but you're going to do cardio for the first half of it. So maybe you'll do two pieces of cardio equipment for 10 minutes each. In this last 10 minutes, you're going to have a play on some weights equipment. You're going to go and sit on that piece of resistance machine. I don't know, the leg press that you've watched someone else on before. And you're going to sit on it and you're going to do 10 of them. And you're going to move that pin down on the weight plate. And you're going to try another 10 of them. And you're going to take a little rest. Then you're going to do it again. And then you're going to leave. Because bit by bit, we want to start introducing you very slowly and gradually to the bit that you're nervous about. And if using the weights equipment is making you nervous... We just do a tiny little bit at the end of every session and we build and we build and we build. And you get confident on that machine or doing that exercise and then you add on the next one. Because people really do try to overcomplicate what straight training in the gym should look like. It does not need to be 12 different new exercises every session. You'd be probably just as good, if not better, focusing on six exercises over the course of a 45 minute session long term and doing them well and progressing them in regards to the quality of the movement the weight that you're moving the time under tension all that stuff rather than flipping between all these different exercises the whole time so i said get comfortable in the gym sit on those cardio bits of equipment get some movement in your body that's all beneficial cardio has not suddenly gone from being the thing that everyone does to now being the most pointless thing at all Cardio is still beneficial. The reason that the world seems to now push very strongly in regards to strength training is because building muscle has been proven to also have a lot of benefits in regards to your health. Cardio really does obviously help your cardiovascular system. It does help a little bit in regards to kind of weight management in regards to calorie burn, but not as much as people expected, where strength training is proving a lot more successful across the board. But that doesn't mean you suddenly stopped in cardio. So if your comfort is cardio, start on the cardio, but use it as a tool to watch and observe other people so you can then go and copy them doing some strength training stuff. Even better, utilise the staff in the place you're going. So I say this or assume you're going to the gym. It might be you're doing this at home. And if you're doing it at home, again, it's the same thing. Build a habit of just turning up, putting your clothes on and doing some type of workout in your gym whatever or in your gym in your living room but if you are in a gym there are gym instructors in that gym that are paid to look after you as customers and to provide free guidance now some gyms these people are a lot better than others so in some gyms they'll be a lot more welcoming than others but just go and ask them in the same way that if you're in a shop and you're trying to find an item and you couldn't find it the likelihood is you wouldn't just go over about your tomato ketchup you'd probably go and ask the shop assistant where the tomato ketchup is and you need to do that with the gym staff. You need to go up, you need to ask them. Most gyms probably have a system where they induct you, they write you a programme. If you don't understand the programme, ask them. Again, it's their job, and hopefully a good gym instructor actually wants to show you how to do stuff. So gyms will generally have things that are called gym instructors, people that are called gym instructors, which kind of have your base level um, qualifications, so generally a level two qualification. 
in the gyms, you'll then also probably find a whole load of personal trainers. Now, they might be wearing exactly the same uniform. The personal trainers are higher, more experienced, more higher qualification, qualified individual that could then also offer one to one um, sessions with you. Now, the difference between these two things sometimes is a bit murked because a gym instructor can write your program and can go through that program and demo it all with you. A personal trainer just basically gets paid to do that on a one-to-one basis for the whole hour. So they kind of, they'll coach you through it rather than just demoing, demoing it. But there really isn't that much difference. So if in your gym you get a monthly program review with a gym instructor, think of it as a monthly personal training session. Utilise it really accordingly. And be really clear with what you want to gain. Say, look, I want to get stronger. I want to learn how to use that equipment. Because a lot of gyms, sadly, will give the same program to 99% of customers. And it will generally be very safe, very careful. And it will use the same few resistance machines. It will use the same few bits of cardio equipment. You need to push those staff out of their comfort zones as well. Use their time. Go, do you know what? I don't need you to write me a whole program. I want to learn how to do a deadlift. Can you show me in my program how to do my deadlift, please? And utilise their knowledge that way. And utilise the knowledge of other people in the gym as well. People love showing off their skills and their knowledge and their abilities. So if there's someone in the gym that you're looking on thinking, oh my gosh, they're really good on using a barbell on a back squat. Or they've managed to set up a piece of equipment that you didn't know how to set up. Just ask them. They would be a very rude, very horrible human being if they don't answer you and help you. Most of the time I'll open up a conversation and they'll end up being the most helpful person in the gym for you because they'll always be looking out for you. Just explain you're new, explain that you've seen that they're using the machine and you hope that they could help you. And I said, you, you will find a new mate straight away, I promise. Um, What was the last things I was going to say? Oh, yes, classes can be amazing for introducing you into exercise as well. One, obviously they're gate. <coughs> Apologies. They're instructor-led, so you'll have someone to copy. Hopefully that person you're copying knows what they're doing and they can also explain movements and kind of tweak your, um, what's the word, form and technique. Don't be afraid to ask the instructor at the end of the class any things you have concerns of. Make sure you tell them any injuries that you have, anything that's niggled, any previous things that might crop up and ask for alternatives. So like if you know that every time you lunge, you get a really bad knee, tell the instructor that at the start and say, obviously, I need to, I normally get a bad knee when I lunge. Is there another move I can do while you're teaching a lunge? They might say, yes, you can do a deadlift or you can do a squat or you can do a calf raise or something. Get Basically, get them to earn their money. <laughs> get, But you need to tell them. Instructors, PTs, we're not mind readers. Yes, we might be able to see that there's something wrong when you're moving, but in the middle of a class, that can be hard to teach. So tell people up front, But go at it with a way that you're coming positively, not just here's a list of my things. I'm not going to be able to do anything, but asking what you could do instead. And that might be something totally different. So sometimes I've had um, customers in my classes that have had multiple injuries that they're working through. And they know when we're doing this exercise, if they can't do it, they just go do a press up or they'd hold a plank or they do a wall squat. They they have like their go to little bank of exercises that they know if in doubt, just go and do one of them or take an extra rest and join back in when they can. So I said, classes can be brilliant. They can teach you lots of things in regards to things you can then do in your own personal workouts. They're also amazing from an accountability point of view because generally you need to book in for a specific time. You generally will then pay and book for that specific time. You can't kind of 
deviate off it. You can't stay inside. You're not going to turn up to half an hour later. It will get you there on time. You'll generally also start seeing a lot of similar faces in classes. And that creates a real community of support that I spoke about earlier. So other like-minded people doing the same similar things to you. That can really start some camaraderie in the group, opens up conversations in the change room afterwards or at the start when you're waiting for the class to start. And that gives you so much more than just the physical benefits of exercise. It gives you all the mental benefits as well of having a community and the social experiences that group exercise can bring. So I'm going to wrap up there, but I just hope for that um, podcast has really given you some inspiration to kind of set some goals now to start with but they need to be ones that obviously you own and you want yourself don't just use new year's resolutions as a bit of external peer pressure that you need to set yourself a goal make sure it's the right time for you now have a think about what you really want to achieve and how you're going to achieve it as i just said if you are starting your exercise and fitness journey start small get the routine in once you're in that routine with your habits and behaviors of getting you there every week or multiple times a week then you start to progress Start to progress even in a time that you're there or the frequency you're there or the intensity when you're there. Ask for help, create a community around you and really enjoy it. Because if you're going into the gym or into a class, want to get fitter and stronger to improve your health, to improve fat loss, whatever it might be. Again, you want this to be something you're going to want to do forever. So keep at it. Don't give up on things the first time you do it. Yes, you want to probably try different things, maybe different gyms, different classes, different times of day, but don't rule something out due to one maybe experience that you're not quite sure on. Sometimes it does take us multiple times to really get a more positive feel out of something. So give it time, but just keep chipping away. And if after you've given it time, you don't enjoy it, then try something else and then seek help. And don't be afraid to ask anyone, whether it's someone like me, drop me a message or a DM on here just for a bit of motivational guidance, find a coach, find a personal trainer, find a gym buddy, find anyone you might want on that journey as well. So that's it. Happy New Year. I will be back as normal on my weekly podcast. You might even be lucky to get two of these a week if I get my acting gear. Take care, everyone. Happy 2024.